My True Normal, a true crime and paranormal podcast, episode four. Four. So exciting. Ayo, 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 ayo. A little bit of a not exciting downer. Um, I suck, so we're not going to have video for this episode this week if you look for it. Um, <laughs> it's okay. We don't, we don't absolutely need it. This is the most important part. Hot mess. No video recording can be made. But, um... <laughs> My dog's here today, so you'll probably hear him. Bo is in the house. Shout out, Bo. You good boy. Um, how are you? I'm Schwell. How are you? Fucking dandy. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking great. Um, uh, we're doing Arkansas. Arkansas. We're getting into it. Arkansas. I've been um, really excited about this one because to our listeners, it sounds like it's just been a week, but... Um, I was home in New York last week, so I've had these notes since before then. So I've just been sitting on them. You've been ready. I've been ready. So I am excited. So ready. And your true crime this week. Yeah. It's a good one. It's a a doozy. Yeah. That really is a doozy. I feel like true crime is always that way. Those fuckers. it, It is what it is, you know. One uh, of my coworkers is upset that I say fuck a lot, so sorry, Amy. Oh fuck, but it's okay. Um, <laughs> this is just me. Um, I but I am I am really excited about this because after Arkansas is the end of the A's, so I feel like it's like an end of an era. Like we've just Ay. we've reached the end of A's here. <laughs> it's been a, like four in a row, baby. I'm excited. This is gonna. This is good. This is going to be a good one? Yeah. I needed this. Mm-hmm. I forgot my water. I know. I'm over here drinking out of my Stanley. Do you want some water? No, I'm good. But I literally went to go drink out of my Stanley, yeah. and I was like, ah, fuck. Especially now that we're <laughs> drinking a gallon a day. It's I know. just like habit to and drink. I, s- I still need to drink like half a water bottle. Mm, yeah. And like, I can't really like bring my cup on the floor at work. So like walking around um at least you get your re- steps in yeah we're walking working in a retail place and like walking around like i just have to keep my cup like in the back so sometimes it's like so long in between like when i get to drink water then i'm just like chugging it in the back right but yeah no it's it's good get that gallon in <laughs> um okay do you have to say anything else no i don't really have anything new to share unless do you have anything fun and exciting? No, my life's pretty boring. Yeah, I just went home and came back and everything. Did you have a good time? Yes, I did have a good time. It was really nice um, to go home. It was really, really great to see my family and like do Christmas and like see my bestie. Mm, so um, cute. But you know, like at the end of the day, like as much as I love being home, I was still like flying back to Utah. I was like, oh, I'm kind of excited. I love it here. This yeah. is my place, so... This is your new home. Shout out Salt Lake City. <laughs> Salt Lake City. But I am ready for some Arkansas if you are. That's oh, all yeah. I got. That's all I got. Let's do it. That's all I got. True crime, baby. Lay it on me. Go. Okay, so mine is kind of long, so I'm sorry. Um, but it also is kind of 
I wouldn't say it's harsh or scary. It's just a lot of information. Okay. It's just kind of like a lot. All I I'm hear you. Say. Um, Usually true crime is. Yeah. It's a lot to swallow. I tried to find some funny corn maze true crime something or other. I couldn't. There was Damn. just you know speaking of like trying to find some funny in the bad (laughs) i did have a few people like text me from when you did alaska true crime so two episodes ago and we talked about the booby trap (laughs) i had a few people text me and just be like booby trap lol and i was like what are they talking about and then i realized i was like ah the areola i remember the baby trap so there is you know nothing will compare to that story because it's so fucking horrible yeah but like as shitty as it is, like, I really wish that didn't happen to any of those people. Our listeners are here for it. Yeah. So at least it was, we tried to do them justice. You know, you read the names of the victims. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna yeah, definitely. We're going to keep being here to tell their story. <laughs> I feel like your true crime stories are so, like, not mellow, but not dark. And I feel like when I do them, they're, like, dark we just haven't got there yet unfortunately (laughs) or i guess fortunately the ones i find i'm like okay (laughs) i like this one we'll continue with this one but this one's not dark i mean it's pretty dark gray it's not black i hear you but it's like it's a goodish one so what is it tell me tell me me. okay so before i start this one is kind of just an awareness of talking to strangers online because you truly don't know who you're talking to stranger danger yeah it really is be careful who you fucking talk to make sure you do a background check find the person make sure they're real don't be catfish catfished catfished (laughs) catfished yeah um Watch your back. Yeah, just be careful. This one's just one of those stories, you know, unfortunately. Um, Okay, so my story is um, about Casey Woody. The murder murder of Casey Woody. I can't speak. Casey Woody. Okay. Yeah. Um, So it holds place in Holland, Arkansas. Are we starting in Arkansas? I feel like we never do that. Like, start in the States. Yeah, it does start in Arkansas. Okay, I'm in. It does. Okay, so the story takes place in 2002 when Casey was just 12 going on 13. She was a young, bubbly, fun, and outgoing girl. She liked music and sleepovers, hanging out with friends. Um, She was just your typical preteen, getting ready to be a teenager. Um, Awkward. Yes. She was so much fun, though. She was in high school. She had all her friends. She was just living her best life. Um, In 1997, her mom got into an accident. Um, Casey and her family were driving home from a baseball game when two wild horses ran out into the road and hit their car, and it almost instantly killing her mom on impact. Um, Because of this, she hated horses, Um, but in her room, she had horse figurines that she kept all over her room um they were her mom's and so she kept them just to keep as a memory for her um but she hated horses oh no yeah Yeah, i don't know if i could do that yeah i have a fear of getting like deer and elk or oh god living whatever deer everywhere they'll run out in the road you have to be so careful i'm terrified of deer did you know that no i'm okay my biggest two fears in this world are chickens 
I can't do chickens. Absolutely. Don't. <laughs> like, I am terrified of chickens, and I'm terrified of deer. I thought you hated heights. It's I, not even top two? No. Oh, That's, like, I'm top s- five. Oh, I'm scared now if we're ever in the vicinity of a chicken. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. I got bit by a chicken once. <gasps> like, fill this right pecky? here. Like, fill right here. Oh. Yeah. It literally took, like, part of my skin off. You know, I don't know why this just like reminded me of like the other day when you randomly texted me and you were like, how do you feel about ducks? And I was like, I don't know where this conversation's going. I just randomly got asked how I feel about ducks. I'm like, um, they smell? I don't know. She, she literally was like, why does this text message suit you as a person? Because I, like, I do, I do text you random shit. I'm I like, like, hey. Um, I, I mean, they're cute, but don't get them. They smell. Like, is no, that what you're thinking? No, I wanted... So before I got this Monstera tattoo, mm-hmm. I wanted to get a duck tattoo. The one with the glasses. Yeah. I wanted to get that one, but I was like, I don't know if later in life that is one that I would regret, and I don't want to like have a tattoo that I regret. Yeah. You've been getting tatted lately, though. I know. It's... I got one too. Oh my gosh. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Anyways, back to oh, the story. Tangent. Back to the serious stuff. <laughs> okay, so after the accident, her dad always said um, that he hoped that Casey never saw what happened during that accident mm. because she was just young and she was sleeping in the back of the yeah. car. Um, but later he found out that she did tell one of her friends that she did wake up during the accident and she saw her mom um, like basically take her last breath and... Yeah saw the blood everywhere and she kind of knew what was happening oh my god i can't yeah it was it was really horrible um because of her mom being gone she had Mm. to grow up fairly quickly um she was the only woman in the house and so she felt that she needed to step up for her family Mm. it wasn't pressured onto her or anything like that it was just something that she wanted to do for her family um she did her own laundry she made her own dinners Mm. she did do her homework without being asked she was just insanely mature for her age at the time Mm. um Casey lived in Holland, Arkansas with her dad, Rick, her older brother, Tim, who was about 19, and Tim's college friend, Eric, who was staying with them in 2002. It wasn't unusual for Casey to be home alone at night. Uh, Her dad, Rick, was a cop. He worked the night shifts, and Tim and Eric were college students, so they were always at the library studying, Mm -hmm. or they had nights night classes staying at the school late yeah um because of them not being home all the time she did get lonely at times and like most teenagers in 2002 she turned to the internet to find more friends um casey's screen name was model behavior 63 Mm. um her uh, her screen name was named after her favorite disney movie model behavior and 63 was her brother's football jersey number in high school. Aww. Isn't that so sweet? <laughs> um, so when she turned to the online world to find new friends, she joined a Christian chat room for teenagers. Um, she felt that this was a very safe place for her mm-hmm. to meet new friends, talk to people, and get to know other people. Um, her friend, Samantha and Jessica basically said at one point call it what you want we just wanted to talk to boys the conversations never really turned to religion we just thought it would be a safe place for us to go and talk 
to boys and yeah. have a good time and, and not be like creepy yeah like, and, go me go. Uh, yeah pretty much <laughs> <laughs> but because of this they had their guards down so they talked to whoever they wanted mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff yeah um in the chat room casey met a boy named dave he was 17 uh he was from california on his profile he said that he loved to surf and do all the typical california things but to the girls he was so hot Mm. um he was blonde and blue-eyed he had like that perfect jawline he was just literally picture oh my god picture perfect there he is (laughs) like he just some like curly blonde hair shaggy everything like he was just gorgeous um so when they met casey and dave hit it off immediately and as soon as they talked um they did ended up talking every single day throughout the chat and eventually they did start talking on the phone uh casey didn't really want dave to be just a friend that she had online Mm -hmm. she wanted to incorporate him into her everyday life um so she introduced him to all of her friends so he just became a part of their clique essentially Mm. um with dave he told casey that he had ties through arkansas um, even though he lived in california he had an aunt that lived in arkansas who was really ill um, and he was really close with her and so with him bringing up his sick aunt it was just something that him and casey could bond about uh because she felt that she could talk to him about his her mom her loss yeah yeah, and he could talk to her about his aunt and so they just bonded super well over that okay um and how old is she again i'm sorry can you remind me she was 12 almost 13 and he was 17 yeah oh yeah Mm -hmm. um so because of all that you know, they just bonded super well. Yeah. Um, but Dave was not the only boy that she met online. She also met a boy named Scott, which his um, screen name was Taz2999. I don't know what that means, but <laughs> whatever. Taz. Tazzy boy. <laughs> I feel like the Tasmanian devil was like such like a thing in like the 90s. Oh, yeah. So maybe that's what it in, was. Like, the early 2000s, maybe too. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Frosted tips and Tasmanian devil tattoos. <laughs> that type of thing yeah i didn't even think about that that's probably what it was um scott was from georgia and he loved football and wrestling and just being a part of school activities um scott was 14 um and it didn't take scott very long to start liking casey um and for them to have a bond okay um but it did put casey in this love triangle between dave and scott scott or dave and she didn't even realize it until they both were like I want to date you. <gasps> she was like, oh, I have so <laughs> yeah. many options. She had lots of options. Do you remember in middle school um, or elementary school when you had a crush or whatever and you had that game where you each letter of your name made like, gave you like points and you could tell? Do you know what I'm talking about? I think I know what you're talking about, but I most definitely played more like the one that was like. You know oh yeah about? the four like, square the four thing. squares and you would like move your fingers and like flip oh, one up yeah. that one and yeah. the one that was like home do you yes. know what i'm talking about yes and you would like pick a number and you'd be like 
right, you do the swirls yeah, or whatever. Like, right for cars, right for ha- like houses. And then, yeah. Like, you uh-huh. just like narrow it I down. I do remember that yeah. one. Well, this one was very similar. Um, you would write your two names down yeah. and each letter of your name had a certain point. Like and affiliated then, to it. Okay. Yeah. And then there was a percentage and okay, it gave you like a percentage about. of like how compatible you are. Yeah. Um, so that is what Casey did with Scott and Dave. And she came to the clu- conclusion that she was more compatible with Scott. So she ended up becoming boyfriend and girlfriend with Scott. Um, but she still was in contact with Dave every single day, but just as friends. Um, Scott knew about Dave and Dave knew about Scott. They ended up becoming really good friends together, Dave and Scott. They did talk on the phone all the time, but like Casey wanted it that way. You know, she wanted all of her friends to be friends and all that kind of stuff. So, so, um, Dave and Scott talked on the phone frequently um, but not everyone liked Dave, especially parents. Um, as time mm. went on, Scott eventually told Casey that he was talking to Dave on the phone one night. And his dad, like, was like, oh, who are you talking to? And, like, heard Dave on the phone. And he was like, this is not a teenager. This is not a kid. Like, whoever oh, the fuck no. you are, do not ever call my house again. Oh, no. Like, I don't know who you are, but leave. Like, don't call my son again. And Scott told Casey, and he was like, oh, my God, my dad's so dramatic. Won't let me talk to Dave anymore. Yeah, but they still talked, you know. Kids. Um, You know, they rolled their eyes, saying their parents are so dramatic. And they were like, yeah, Dave is a teenager. We met him in the teenager chat room. He's whatever. Stop being so dramatic. Um, When Dave had his 18th birthday, Casey told her dad about it, and her dad was like, whoa. Who, why are you talking to an 18 year old like yeah. you're 12 years Red old flag. you don't talk to an 18 year old like you can never talk to him again like no contact at all um but when he told her that casey was like how could you judge him you don't even know him like mm. just because he's older doesn't mean he's a bad guy um yeah well when you're an adult and you see an 18 year old wanting to be best friends with a 12 year old you're kind of like why yeah <laughs> definitely <laughs> there's a Lots of <laughs> reasons why. Yeah. Um, and she just felt that um, her dad was just being very judgmental yeah, and ju- all that kind of judgy. stuff. He just She just wanted to, like, talk to somebody about her mom. And she felt Dave was that kind of person that she could that talk she to. Could, she, she could do that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, she still ended up talking to him daily. Still talked to him on the phone mm. and all that kind of stuff. Um. One night, one of her best friends, Jessica, came over to have a sleepover, and they were home alone, like usual. Okay. Um, and they were talking to Dave on the phone when they were oh, they were in Casey's room, mm-hmm. and they were just talking to him on the phone, and they heard something outside. It was like leaves crunching, branches breaking, and they kind of just like got freaked out. Yeah. Um, Casey I would. was known for leaving all of the lights on in their house. And so, you know, when like it's nighttime and the lights are on in your house, you and so you see can't in. see outside, but you can see inside. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of what it was. They were like a perfect picture view to outside. Ah. Um, so when they were, ta- they were on the phone with Dave at this time and they were like, we're kind of freaked out. So they pushed her dresser up against the door because they were like, there is something going on. What? Yeah. This is really scary. No here. And, um, and I feel like as kids, like 
I always thought everything was so much worse. Like I was like, oh my God. Yeah. We're going to die. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously. Um, and so after they pushed the dresser up against the door, they heard creaking in her house. No. They okay. had a specific floorboard that would creak if you weighed over 100 pounds and you stepped on it it would creak and they heard that floorboard creak and they like whispered on the phone to dave and like oh my god we're like we're scared like someone's in the house and dave was like oh no you're fine there's no one in your house don't worry about it like you live in arkansas like nothing bad happens and casey was like you're right nothing happens in rural rural arkansas like i leave my doors unlocked yeah. like nothing ever happens here like nothing's gonna happen to me so she kind of just brushed it off and they moved on you know oh my god i would be freaking out yeah um so jessica was not a fan of dave or any of the people that casey was talking to online um also her friend sam was not a fan either um they would always fight with casey about how she's not being safe of who she's talking to and all the decisions she's making and Casey kind of just brushed it off. Um, in early December, Sam noticed that there was a picture taped in Casey's locker and she asked Casey like, Hey, like, is that a picture of Scott? And Casey's like, yeah, he mailed me a picture of himself. And she was like, Oh yeah, he's so hot. Love that. But Casey swore that Sam said, Oh, he's so fat. (sighs) And so, Casey got so mad. She was upset. They didn't speak all day long. All of the other classmates were taking sides of who said what, who did this, who did that. And the entire situation blew up. Um, The next day, a counselor had to get involved. And she pulled both of the girls aside to hear the stories. And eventually, they put them together and said, you guys are best friends. Yeah. You know, just like any other, like, middle school fight. One day, you hate each other. And the next day, you're best friends again. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of what happened. Um, And so, when they walked out of the counselor's office, they were best friends again. Um, But what Casey didn't know was that Sam... Um, told the counselor all of the things that she was worried about Casey. Who um, Scott was and uh, why yeah. it's alarming. She mentioned that she was worried about all of the people she was talking to online, that she was giving addresses, people were mailing her stuff. Like, she was just not making safe and, like, decisions, decisions oh for that. Oh, my God. Um, so, the counselor pulled Casey aside and basically gave her a lecture about... You know, you need to start being safe. Don't give people your addresses. You don't know who you're talking to online. Yeah. Like, they could be some creepy old men, blah, well, blah, 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 blah. give them, too. Like, yeah. you just don't do that. Yeah. And just like any other teenager, um, she just lied. She was like, oh, I never gave my address to anybody. I, my dad's a cop. Like, he would never let me do that. Oh, my I God. I make safe decisions. I would never talk to random strangers without knowing them. Uh-uh. All this stuff. And so... With her little lie, her counselor was like, you're right, and kind of brushed it off and felt like a little bit of ease to the situation. Um, The confrontation of the counselor didn't really start another fight between Sam and Casey like Sam thought it would. Um, Casey even asked all of her friends to do a sleepover that night, Um, but none of them could because it was a weeknight. Later on, they do eventually talk about how they look back and wonder if she had a sense of if she shouldn't be alone that night Hmm. because 12 hours later is when she gets abducted. 
Oh my god. Yeah. They kind of thought maybe she was asking in desperation just because she never asked to do sleepovers like during the week because yeah. she knew that she oh couldn't. God. Like maybe one of them said something a little fishy and mm-hmm. she just had a feeling and didn't want to be alone. Yep. Oh my god. Okay. Give it to me. Yeah. So on December 3rd, when Casey got home that night, um, she just had a brief interaction with her brother and his friend right before they went to school around six. Um, Tim had to go study and her friend or and his friend Eric had to go to class. Um, so she did her regular routine that night. She okay. did her homework, made herself dinner, took a shower, and then she got online. Um, so as soon as she got online, Scott was on and he messaged her immediately. They talked about their day. They talked about each other, how much they love each other. Um, and they were just a little extra lovey-dovey that time because it was their two month anniversary. So it was a lot of, I love you, sweetie. Yeah. You know, thanks for being so great. All that lovey-dovey stuff that you say in middle school. (laughs) Um, so... After their conversations of being lovey-dovey, right in the middle of it, um, Casey stops responding. Um, Scott sends multiple messages, and she's not responding. So after 10 minutes or so, Scott sends one last message and says, Are you okay, sweetie? And at 9.41 p.m., she just says, Yeah. Um, Shortly before that message, Casey sent... um, Sorry. Uh, shortly before that short message that Casey sent, something could have happened to Casey. Mm. Um, somebody could have knocked on the door. Somebody could have just walked in, you know, because Casey left the doors open all the time. Like, oh, no. that was just something that she did. Um, so someone put chloroform rag over Casey's face and took her out of the house. Scott sent many messages. So it was sending. Oh, so it was sending all like of the these story. notifications and her computer was going off and. And he even tried calling the house a few times and no one answered. Um, and so it kind of just triggered someone to send that message that said, yeah. Um, yeah, definitely going to happen. Yeah. Um, around 1130, Casey's brother got home um, from school and he found that Casey was not home. And he immediately called their dad, who was on duty that night. And he asked, do you know where Casey is? And Rick was like she's home that's where she should should be and he was like no she's not home oh my god like you need to come home like this is this is odd um rick said when he got home he just instantly had chills because he noticed that casey's coat and her boots were still there and it was december at this time um she would have never left the house with those two things without those two things it's freezing in arkansas and around this time um, so Rick called for backup and he called all of Casey's friends to see, like, is she with them? What's going on? Yeah, do you know anything? <clears throat> and she wasn't with any of them and they had no idea she was missing. No, no. Um, so while they were trying to figure things out, they did see that the chat room was open <laughs> and they saw that Scott was online. So Eric messaged um, Scott and asked if Casey was okay if there was anything wrong if was there anything specific that casey said um and scott said no she seemed okay she just went silent all of a sudden yeah um and so stop answering me yeah and looking back on the messages eric specifically asks about dave and scott responds and says don't worry about dave he's a, a good friend i would have said something if there was anything wrong with him or if he wasn't cool um 
because of that like scott felt safe with dave they Mm -hmm. were good friends Friends. they were really good friends so he felt safe with scott or dave um around 5 a.m there was a whole search put together um all of casey's friends when they got to school after they got off the bus um police officers and counselors pulled them aside and to chat with them about casey and everything in her life um and they just kind of wanted to get to know her a little bit more they thought it could have been scott just because he had her address and her phone number and it was they were like in love and they thought you know what it was probably scott yeah we don't Um, know who this kid is whatever yeah and shortly after their meeting um they both realized that there was also dave so they went back to the police and they're like there is also this guy dave yeah but what they didn't know was when the police went through the computer they saw this conversation about dave so they kind of just looked into dave essentially they already, like knew about him yeah um they found dave's profile and found his email and all that kind of stuff and they saw that it was listed as dave uh fagan um and they just wanted to find this guy as soon as possible okay um and they saw it was registered in arkansas so oh yeah and not california yeah exactly oh so the entire police force split up all over town to find this guy they went to every hotel Mm. every motel every house they literally searched the entire town oh no um everyone was looking for the name dave df david anything like anything that is closely remote to dave fagan um, 30 minutes into the search, someone calls from the north side of town um, that a man named Dave Fuller had made a reservation at a Motel 6. Uh, his reservation said that he arrived on the 2nd and he was supposed to stay a whole week. The front desk receptionist remembered the guy specifically because he told them that he wanted no one to go into his room for the entire week. He wanted no maids. He wanted no one knocking on his door. Fishy. He wanted nothing to do, like, wanted no one to go in his room. Yeah. Uh, For me, that would be a red flag. I'd be like, get the hell out. Well, at the very least, like, if it isn't at the, if it isn't at the time it is now when police come and are like does anybody stuck out in your mind well yeah there's this one guest who has very specific request mm-hmm. but even if it isn't like fishy at the time right that's still gonna make you stick out in their mind in the future yeah yeah so it was a little little weird mm. um he also stood out to her because he threw a huge adult size fit when he found out the internet did not work in his room and that he would have to go down to the county library to log on online. And so this kind of made them feel like this was more and more like their guy. And so when they looked in the room, everything was neat. It Mm. literally looked like nobody had slept there. Um, They found camel clothes and rubber gloves and this kind of just confirmed to them that this was their guy. Yeah. And so they were like, we need to find this guy now. Like, Casey yeah, is in trouble. Something is wrong. Um, and basically, time was running out. Um, they were also sent to two car rental places. And they found that Dave Fuller rented a minivan. And the number that he wrote down as his contact number was the same number that he, casey was calling every single day (gasps) 
So this okay. was like, yep, this is our guy. This is officially him. Um, they were able to get his credit card statements that there was a charge that kind of stood out. Dave had rented a storage unit near the Motel 6. No. Yeah. He did not. And so because of this, they in their hearts, they knew this is where Casey was being held. And so they hurried and got there as soon as they could. SWAT teams surrounded the unit and they banged and banged and banged on the door and demanded Dave to come out. And 20 or 30 minutes in, they heard a blast of a gun. For three hours, the police and SWAT team tried to make contact with Dave, but no one could make any contact. Why did they wait? Sorry? Why did they wait three hours? I don't know. They I mean, w- I know I'm sure they followed all the protocols that they had to, and I'm sure there was a reason, but I'm just like, no. Like, I feel like after the gunshot, you would have been like. Just immediately go in. Is that not like a go reason? Go in. Yeah. yeah. Is that not like a, I don't know. Yeah. Probable cause or whatever. Right. So they have, they get inside and the okay. minivan is backed into the storage unit. Um, in the back corner of the unit, there were the back seats of the minivan that were taken out. Okay. And in one of them was Dave, and he was slouched over with the gun in his hand, and he had a wound self-inflicted into his head. In the back seat of the minivan where Dave was facing was Casey. She was laying on the back on her back with her hands and legs chained to the floor, and she had a shot. In, shot well, she was shot in the head as well. Um, what a fucker! Yeah. They suspected that Casey had been shot a few hours earlier because he was turning on the car to keep her warm, like with the heater. Mm. And when you turn the car on, the radio goes on and they broadcasted that they're looking for this man. They knew who he is. And at that time, he was like, fuck it. Like, I don't have anything to get rid of. Like, or I have nothing to lose. Like, so he just killed it then. When he so he just out. killed her. Yeah. Um, oh my god. They were looking into his background and his life was falling apart. Um, he was 47. He <gasps> had... Oh my god. I mean, I knew he was going to be an yeah. adult, but like 47. Yeah. Um, his wife had left him, taking their two kids. Um, there was a domestic violence report um, and there was also reports on him taking inappropriate showers with their seven-year-old daughter. Um, claims were unfounded. He was, so there's like no evidence for them to like officially were like, he did this, you know? Um, he did have a, um, a report on his like self, um, that he did expose himself to the public. Um, and searching through his computer, they found that Dave was grooming three other girls in other parts of the country. Um, it was such a high planning Thing that they don't think that Casey was his first victim. No, um, it was so meticulous mm-hmm. and he was very good at it. Yeah. And they found out that he went to Arkansas two different times. The first time is when he went to go scout out Arkansas and the whole situation in October. And the other time was when he was in November. And they think that is when he went to go abduct her, but something went wrong. And their suspicion was... When Jessica was at her house, that Jessica would have been, too and it much was of him a... talking on the phone and him in their house no. and planning to take her when Jessica ended up being there. Um, in between the two visits, he had receipts that for things that he bought, such as chains, duct tape, 
zip ties and chloroform that he got. Mm-hmm. Um, they did take his DNA to see if he would be connected to any other crimes um, and see if there's not, like any unsolved cases or anything like that. But he didn't match into anything and still to this day, like there's nothing there to be found. Damn. Yeah. Um, oh my God. Because of this, you know, her family did put a foundation together. It is called the Casey Woody Foundation. It mm. does bring awareness to talking to strangers online. Yeah. And it goes to any victims that do get hurt in situations like this. And yeah. I just can't. Like, people like that. Or horrible human but, beings. Like, it's more than horrible. Like, there's, like, not even, like, an adjective for humans like that. Like, if you think that you can do things like that to kids it's just like i can't i i know it's so horrible and then they're just like actually i don't want to face consequences right yeah fuck you yeah yeah well but also glad you're dead (laughs) yeah um so if you are interested in like looking into the foundation you can go on facebook and it is the casey woody foundation um they do have a website where it's the caseywoodyfoundation.com um and you can go and support that and i'm sure do donations if you wanted yeah definitely and so if that's something you want to help out in please go and do that we support anything in any foundation yeah check on your kids yeah make sure that you know you're just making sure who you the person you're talking to is real because you never know who you're going to be into because there are a lot of people that go on tinder dates and they die essentially and like it's just high awareness so be careful who you're talking to just be afraid of men wait did i say that out loud no i didn't no i'm just kidding (laughs) sorry guys (laughs) oh Oh, my gosh yeah That see, one was a really good one, yeah, though. That, I think that's good. my favorite one so far. Yeah, no, it's good. It's not... See, I told you it's a dark gray story. That's pretty fucked up. It's but. not It's not fully dark and black, like my Alaska story, but yeah, I mean, my, I don't it's dark gray. awfulness, but <laughs> Robert Hansen was a bad it, man. It was so, horrible. Yeah. yeah, so it's a dark... It's like a dark gray, gloomy color. You know, a few people also reached out to me, and they were like, that guy's in Dexter. And I was like... I, I don't, I didn't know that. I don't, I mean, but you know what? As you're telling me this, there was also this Criminal Minds episode where there was these three girls in high school that were like locked in a storage unit and it was like kind of similar. So Mm. these episodes of true crime things that we love are taken from these true cases. I'm sure. (laughs) So scary. Yeah. To think that like this stuff really happens. Honestly, it's, it's not just entertainment, obviously. Like this is like just, uh, yeah, it's horrible. But, yeah. Oh, I'm glad he didn't get to those other three girls he was grooming. But. Yes, 1,000%. Uh, yeah. Okay, Arkansas. <laughs> Arkansas. See, I wish we had, like, a, a funny true crime one. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. But I guess it's fine. Yeah. Ooh. All right. So, on to the paranormal portion of today. Ooh, I'm ready to get the goosies. Spooky spooks. Spooky. Okay, so this one. I just, like, thought that the history of it was really interesting. Okay. And it's kind of just, like, a, the vibes and the energy there are just very dark and very, uh, just, like, there's just a lot that's happened, and it's dark, and it's sinister, and Ooh. I don't have a lot of, like, ghost encounters, but, like, 
there's like reports of things and you can you can see like why they've happened like you'll understand okay um also obviously there was an episode of ghost adventures we've both done this now zach bagel bites how to watch zach bagans and like you know (laughs) so i throw in some of his stuff too that he saw and reported but i came across the um army base of fort Chaffee is, I believe, how you say it, Fort Chaffee. Chaffee. And I looked into like a bunch of different things about Arkansas, and I came back to Fort Chaffee because I just thought it was very interesting. So that's what today is going to be about in Arkansas. 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 <laughs> All right, I'm ready. Give me some goosebumps, girl. Um, this one, I just, I'm telling you, I just thought it was so interesting. So Fort, Fort Chaffee is an Army National Guard installation just outside of Fort Smith, Arkansas. Okay. Um, it is 65,000 acres. Good God. It's huge. And I saw in a few reports that it said 70,000. Like, it kept going back and forth. So somewhere between... 65 and 70,000 <laughs> acres. That is fucking it's huge. It's huge. Um, the camp was... The fort was established as Camp Chaffee in 1941, but it was renamed to Fort Chaffee in 1956. Okay. So this is an old baby. 1941. It's an older... Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, she's she's old and she's seen a lot right now. It serves as a training installation for Army Reserve soldiers for the National Guard Ooh. currently. OK, and not the whole thing. A lot of Fort Chaffee is not being used. It's well, I mean, only after a small area, 70,000 acres. Oh, like, God. what are you going to do with that? Literally. <laughs> a gold, so grow corn, probably grow corn. Well, <laughs> it's got a lot of random things on it, too. Like, it's not just like an army base anymore. Like, there's like weird random things on it. And we'll get to that. Okay. Um, so right now it's a training installation for Army Reserve soldiers, but Fort Chaffee has served as a United States Army base, training camp, prisoner of war camp, refugee camp, refugee camp multiple times. And there's just so many different people who have been at Fort Chaffee. It's insane. Okay. In 1940, as World War II was progressing Mm -hmm. and the tensions in Europe threatened to suck in the United States, Fort Chaffee was built to train soldiers for war, for World War II. Oh. So that is the purpose of the fort in its original state. The first regiment of soldiers who came to Fort Chaffee to be trained were sent the same week of Pearl Harbor. So tensions were high. They were like needing to train these men to get them like going. So that's just a little fun fact. Um, Not long after this, it served as an internment area for German prisoners of war captured by Allied forces. Nearly 4,000 German prisoners of war were housed there. So during World War II, we took these German prisoners of war and they stayed at Fort Chaffee. Um, a lot of them died and I tried to find out exactly a number and like, see, like, was it poor treatment? Like, what was it? And it was like very gray. And like, even one of the things I read straight up was just kind of like, we won't know because like they did not like report on that stuff that died. Well, and that's the thing. I don't even know if it was a lot. There was eight reported deaths of these German prisoners of war from natural causes. Mm -hmm. Like things had just happened to them. But these men came here and were held there and then, like, you know, were put to work and they died. But it, it's, it wasn't reported. It was more or less of, like, they don't 
care if they died or not or it was just because they didn't have time to i think both yeah like i couldn't really tell and like i the length of time that prisoners of war were held there was also fishy like it was like some was a while some was not a while and i just like couldn't really like put a number on it but Mm -hmm. i do know that german prisoners of war for sure died there at least eight of them of natural causes but there were four thousand that were housed there and there was more than eight that did die um fun fact though elvis presley was there for four days during his induction into the (laughs) army and he received his first military haircut there in 1958 oh how precious i got a thing for military haircuts oh i I know you do i I got a thing for those military men (laughs) and um i just thought about that and i was like he's known for his hair but i bet he probably still looked damn good with his military cut too (laughs) oh my god it's a look (laughs) <laughs> um <laughs> later in history fort chaffee was a processing center for refugees several times um it like was used as a refugee like processing center um a lot like it has just for throughout the years it was a place that housed refugees but the most overwhelming was the spring of 1980 when refugees came over from cuba 125,000 refugees came to the U.S. after Fidel Castro opened the port of Mariel. So Cubans were just coming here by the boatload. They were coming here to escape the prison of Cuba at the time. Okay. And after this mass immigration of Cubans, Fort Chaffee did hold in process 25,390 of these Cubans that came. Oh. So Fort Chaffee had seen a lot of these refugees. They've seen a lot of people. A My lot. God. So the um, refugees were coming over and were being processed at Fort Chaffee, but the rumors were circulating locally in Arkansas, in um, the Fort Smith area, that these Cubans were um, criminals and that they were bad people and bad men and they were later proven to be mostly true so these people weren't they were upset that they had these men in their backyards in their town that were just criminals and like you know escaped convicts and the people of arkansas rioted and protested having these people in their town and the refugees could not be released into the public because they were not citizens so it was this like weird struggle of trying to figure out what to do um pretty much they were being processed and they weren't allowed to leave the camp unless they had a sponsor they called it so somebody from the town had to pretty much come and like sign up to babysit them for the day and like take them out and get them stuff and take care of them this is like really fucked up (laughs) yeah but they had to live at the camp because the people of the town did not want them just to be released and they really couldn't because they weren't citizens. Okay. That's a little fucked up, honestly. It was. um, I can definitely see like how it's really was just frustrating for both sides because essentially these refugees were just frustrated that they wanted to be out of Fort Traffy and they couldn't. So it was like... They just escaped one jail to come to another. Yeah. 
And I'm sure not all of these people were bad people, um, but a lot of them were. Okay. So it was hard to find sponsors and it was hard for the people of Arkansas to be willing to be like, sure, come into. Yeah, let me come and get these people. I want to be friends with them. And I did see like a little news clipping on this like whole like, you know, immigration thing and like the opening of the port of Marielle or whatever. I watched a little news clip and someone essentially in Arkansas was just like, we're just taking Cuba's trash and it's making making it our problem. Excuse me? And it was like, it was like, yeah, I like watched it and was like, damn, like. What the fuck? And it was on the news. Like, I was like, that's, a, that's harsh. That's but so that horrible. But that is how the people thought. And unfortunately, it was really shitty because obviously not all of these humans who were just coming here wanting for a better shot um, were bad people. They just wanted a new home. But there were some very bad criminals that were staying at Fort Chaffee yeah. looking for their way out as well. Okay. So it's a little bit of frustration everywhere. Um. These people were being extremely frustrated and they wanted to get out, but they couldn't. And the processing times were slowing down due to these protests and these riots. And eventually the refugees inside the camp rioted and protested as well. Okay. Um, and many of them were injured. Mm, sad. It is actually rumored that several of the refugees were shot and buried on the property Oh, my God. But it went undocumented because nobody cared about these poor humans. I care. <laughs> uh, yeah. And um, there were people who worked at the camp helping with the processing that have reported on this. But it's not like a true fact. It hasn't been completely documented. But we're pretty sure that they had been shot and buried on the property. After the riots... The previously unsecured facility was turned into a prison and it encircled it was encircled with miles of wire and 2000 heavily armed federal troops. So things were getting out of can. They built a prison on Fort Chaffee's property. So now there's just a prison on this like army installation. Okay. And it was heavily armed, but honestly for both sides like the refugees were rioting the arkansas townspeople were rioting but like i also saw some news clipping on that and these people were in like kkk gear and like it oh was my shit God. was wild you can't see my face right now but yeah my eyes are very wide <laughs> and like it it's so hard because people were just racist as shit and that's like really messed up but, but some of these men time, were though. also really dangerous so it was like you get they got they got Obviously, not all 125,000 of these refugees, <laughs> but the ones that happened to be staying at Fort Chaffee. Right. So they just heard of some and they just thought it was all of them. And it was oh really shitty God. for everybody involved. That's horrible. Um. Now, in time, like in, today, there's just an unused prison just kind of chilling on fort chaffee um <laughs> there's just like a random building yeah and it's got like wires and like like gates to get in but like it's not used like people don't people aren't held there but it's on the fort it's just oh, an abandoned no. prison oh hell no uh -uh, no and it's haunted <laughs> i don't i don't know why i'm gonna start getting into some of that it's <laughs> sprinkled throughout this this prison is said 
by former staff to have seen more anger and more violence than most prisons across the country. Okay. And I believe them, considering how we're already starting. Honestly, that, okay. The Cuban criminals, so not just refugees, the criminals were locked up in there. So the people who were, oh, sorry, who were, you know, criminals and convicts or whatever were locked up in this prison. And by now, I'm assuming, I don't know, again, I tried to really, like, do some extensive research, but it was hard. At this point, like, a lot of the refugees had been processed and they were out, but the criminals were now locked up in prison. Okay. So people do have their freedom, but a lot of them don't. Not the Mm -hmm. prisoners. So Cuban criminals, and we don't know what is considered criminal either. Like, it's not like they have Cubans records. Like, they could have just dubbed some of these men as criminals and they were not. And that is actually exactly what happened because they were locked up there for many years and really never had a chance to leave this prison. And some got there at the ages of 12 and 13 and had stayed there well into their adulthood. Oh, my God. So they didn't get there as criminals, but at some point they had been deemed as criminal or did something and they had been locked there for their whole lives. Oh, my God. That's so horrible. It's really bad. Ah. Um, many feeling frustrated, you know, like that they've just traded one prison for another um, and just feeling like there was no escaping this and like what was the point of doing this? So their behavior just got worse. Oh, they were God. like, I'm a criminal. I'm a criminal. And things got really dark. Um, former guard, guards who had worked there said that they witnessed many stabbings and that there were fights every day. Oh, well, I'm sure. These men fought each other, fought the guards, stabbed each other, stabbed guards. It was punching windows, grabbing shards type of things. Um, the shower house had cement floors, and there is still scratch marks from men sharpening their shivs. You oh, can see it to this day. shit. Men would go into the bathroom stalls and cover themselves head to toe in feces <gasps> to avoid Ugh. being assaulted, sexually assaulted, approached. They just, they did that to protect themselves from the darker humans that had been staying in this prison. I am unwell right And now. <laughs> Arkansas is also really hot. I know we just said it can get cold, but Arkansas is like 110 degrees on a summer day and they're covering their bodies in feces to avoid being I'm trying not to yell very loud into the microphone, but Oh, God, it's so bad. So this is what I'm saying. Like, I don't have like a lot of direct uh, encounters, but you'll see why this gets haunted because these people are just dealing with the worst. I am unwell right now. (laughs) One guard tells the story of a gang leader in the prison. He was a gang leader going a little nuts, um, losing his mind, shouting all sorts of things and hiding out in the maximum security ward, which to me looked like just a room. Um, Telling guards. Just a room. Yeah, it was very small. (laughs) um, Telling guards he wanted to talk to the prison official, the man in charge. And the guy in charge, he wanted to talk to the guy in charge. And if he didn't, he would take his life. He would hang himself. Oh, God. And while the guards were radioing officials and trying to figure out what was going on, um, you know, there was lots of chaos. So it wasn't just like an immediate response. And while they're trying to figure this out, this guard telling the story says he can remember looking and just seeing 
date hanging in the window. <gasps> no, 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 no. And there was a little bit of a language barrier, obviously. So they don't know if like just his demands got across too late or what happened. But he did take his life. Also reported the same man that many were into voodoo and dark magic. Oh, no. And I did, like, do a little bit more research on that. I was like, is this guy just, like, just thinking anything? It's just, like, dark magic, like, some cultural things are just, like... And no, there were several people who said that they had seen criminals and people who were being held there um, trying to conjure dark magic to use as a weapon against other inmates uh inviting whatever in one guard says he saw a group of men performing an exorcism on another man possessed by a oh demon who was cursed on him by another gang um what yeah that's just the prison on the fort oh god also oh so my god. <laughs> this cuban prison is just a very small portion of fort jaffe and it contains an immense amount of dark history in that section alone um there's seven thousand acres not including the prison that are not being used right now and are filled with abandoned buildings and abandoned tunnels that connected these buildings intricately oh my god by miles and miles of tunnels and they are now just overrun by nature and these tunnels and this seven thousand abandoned acres of buildings is also reported to be haunted um the buildings and the tunnels used for a variety of different things but they are abandoned and they are haunted i reportedly. have the heebie-jeebies right now yeah like, it's not fun like tunnels could you imagine what are in those tunnels? Intricately, it said intricately designed tunnels connected for miles of these buildings. What the- if you get lost in those tunnels and you, f- oh my god, oh I my don't god, I even want to know. I'm like, no, thank you. I'm overthinking and I have so much anxiety about this right mm-hmm. now. <laughs> I don't, no, thank you. I don't even know, but I'm glad that they're not used now. And they're abandoned. Um, this is where we're going to get into some spookies. Okay, I'm ready. Additionally, there is an abandoned OBGYN building that is on Fort Chaffee, um, is reported to be haunted by many, many spirits. It's one of the hotspots on Fort Chaffee. The OBGYN room? Yeah. (sighs) That was not a part of the prison. It was just an OBGYN on Fort Chaffee. Oh, okay. That's good. um, There are female EVPs, specifically female, that have been recorded inside this OBGYN asking for help. Oh, my God. Um, There has been old music that has been heard playing kind of like just um, disfigured, like just like kind of like here and there. They'll hear like some tunes and they're like, what is that? Um, there was a reporting of a dismembered arm that was seen while this team of investigators was investigating the OBGYN. They were like, all of a sudden, two women were sitting next to each other and an arm was like wrapped around the waist of another. And the person across from them could see this just like third arm, extra arm being like wrapped around, like kind of like giving them a side hug. 
And the woman that was being touched was like, is this your hand? And the woman next to her was like, oh, no. Uh-uh. I literally, uh-uh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think I could do that. No. Uh-uh. Um, in one of the buildings, in one of the abandoned buildings, not specifically the OBGYN, um, there is residual work noises that have been caught on EVP um, of people sounding like they're just going about their normal day in their barrack. Like, just residual work noises. Like, just walking and setting up shop and doing things. And it's been caught in one of uh, these abandoned buildings on EVP several times. Um, Zach Bagans got an <laughs> EVP likes. in the building that says, it's, got a, it's getting hot in here. It's getting hot in on here. On a hot as balls day. I mean, when I watched this Zach's episode, that man complained about being hot more than anything. He just whined about being oh hot. Oh, my God. And then he caught an EVP conveniently of something saying, it's getting hot in here. So, creepy. Um, EVPs by other investigators in abandoned buildings and barracks have caught shut up, get out, um, and banging on the walls. Oh, no. In the prison cells, more of the same. They have heard get out and banging. Um, There is a mental ward in the prison Mm-mm. Also reported as heavily haunted. Nope. Um, investigators have seen shadows and got EVPs such as watch your back and ah. come and get me. <laughs> oh, God. So, so far we've got haunted prison, haunted mental ward in the prison, haunted OBGYN, and haunted barracks. So this place is just riddled with spooks. Um. Overall, there's just bad and negative vibes that are rumored to fill Fort Jaffe. And, I mean, the negative vibes, I'm sure, are not really a rumor. Like, <laughs> yeah, there's no. a lot of things that this place has seen and negative energy. But um, people also, you know, do report not just ghost but demon energy. They think that there ha- there is something truly evil <sighs> that lurks especially in the prison because of whatever dark magic may have been used or dark spirits that could have been conjured in the past. So there's just overall a lot of a lot of this. Like I, I don't have a lot of specifics, but just people who have gathered EVPs of the shut up, get out, watch your back. Um, and it's just a lot of the same. These people that have died on the property could have died in so many different ways in so many different parts of history like there's so much that has happened here that i'm sure that spirits are just compounded like the energy is probably just so heavy i am so speechless ah! right now. <laughs> like, I'm sorry that's so creepy that's like really all i got but no just like reading about it and like just even like the history like i that's the part i don't want to get wrong with this stuff because like you know the paranormal stuff is all like you know hearsay anyway it, it really is about the history though yeah so and you like can understand it well but i got goose that looking up, i have like heebie-jeebies like did you see me like twitching a little bit i was like oh god i love the heebie-jeebies <laughs> um 
No, for sure. Like, literally, like, doing this research, like, I was like, okay, I want to know more about these German prisoners before World War Two. Wait, they came during Pearl Harbor? Hold on. Like, there was just so much. Elvis Presley? Yeah. Like, there was Honestly. also um, Korean refugees that were held there. Not as much as Cuban, and it wasn't as prevalent in history but like it was just a refugee camp for like so many different people like so many different types of people have been here yeah it's like crazy i'm literally speechless right now yeah that one was so good like that one got me there's lots of uh darkness there so don't go there don't go there that's all my advice Lexi's advice is watch who you talk to people online and make sure that you're not getting catfished. And my advice is don't go to Fort Chaffee. Moral of this (laughs) episode is don't go to Arkansas. Oh, perfect. I'm so sorry, Arkansas, but I'm not coming to you. (laughs) No, yeah. I do have a question for you, though. Mm -hmm. Do you have any ghostly updates? Me? Yeah. Remember last time you were telling me about how your <gasps> markers right. randomly like were nicely like randomly put happening. together? No, I mean, because I wasn't home for a week. Like, I well, I was home. I wasn't here for a week. I haven't really been around. I don't. I was like, wait, am I supposed to have it? Did I tell you something? <laughs> I don't. Um, And I'm kind of okay with that. I'm going to knock on wood yeah. and you're all going to hear it. Kay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I don't. But who knows? Oh, God. I spoke into his existence. I'm sorry. Put it in the universe. Everything's already such a freaking hot mess over here. We'll just add some paranormal shit. Oh, God. Oh, I lost my dog. That was a good one. Thanks. Are we going to high five? Okay. Ready? Yeah. Yeah. I hope you heard that. (laughs) Awesome. I feel confident. And so next week is... C-A-L-I-F-O. R-N-I-A. That's a long state, but she spelled it for California. You. California. And I just spoiled to Lexi that I have been working on my notes for California because I'm true crime for weeks now. So it's going to be a doozy. It's going to be so good. I'm very excited about it. Oh. So I am excited for the next like five states because we're slowly coming into the East Coast. Ew. And I'm so excited. There's so much. So excited. There's so much. Um, California next week. Make sure you give us a little like or su- subscribe. Please rate us if you like us. We need those ratings. Follow us on all socials, Instagram, Twitter. Yeah, we should try tweeting some yeah. more. But follow us on Instagram because we're cool and we post funny <laughs> things and you get to see our pretty faces. Well, we're going to be more active on social media this week. Hell yeah. Just because Very exciting. This last week has been kind of a I'm back, wild time and Lauren was gone. So, yeah, but we'll be back on. But thank you guys so much. Thank this you, one was you. a good this was a good week. I feel like every week I'm like, yeah, we crushed it. I don't know. This one was my favorite. So, no, far. I'm very much enjoying this episode yeah, for sure. This yeah. one was really good. Hell yeah. I hope you guys think the same. Please <laughs> give us feedback. We love when you text us and you like, you know, put us in your stories. I love, yes. love, love when I see that. Thank you guys so much. Follow and share with your friends and family. Let them know that this is your new favorite podcast. Hell, hell yeah. Hell yeah. The two L's. <laughs> Heck yeah. Double L. Double L. Woo! Thanks, guys. (laughs) Okay, thank you. Bye. Bye.